Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, it's Malls. Thanks so much for tuning in to Please Advise. Remember, if you like today's show, make sure that you're subscribed in iTunes so you never miss an episode. While you're there, feel free to review us with five stars. It helps the show climb the iTunes charts, which means other people can find us and join the hashtag PleaseAdviseNation. And more importantly, if you have a question or dilemma you want help with on the show, call 323-450-7408 or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your letters or voice note recordings. That's askpleaseadvise, P-L-Z advise at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, it's Malls. Welcome to episode 92 of Please Advise. You guys, this has a, a very rare distinction to it, this episode. It's the very first one we're taping in my new home. Woo! Woo! Are you so excited? I am very excited. Christina, thank you for coming here early this morning to set up for me that was like with me. That was gigantic. You guys, we do this for fun in our free time and we're so excited that we're finally getting advertising now. We also want to just thank you guys for being so cool about it on social. Yeah. I just want to make a point of saying that at the top of the pod. I know it's not always easy when um, your favorite bands sell out. Uh, I consider myself <laughs> to be one of your favorite bands. Uh, but also at the same time, you're happy for them. I went through an emotional journey with Blink-182 at age 14. Now when I'm an adult, I'm just happy that they all have health insurance. I want to introduce today's guest. His name is Ryan Bailey. He's someone that I've known for, I don't know, I feel like eight years now or something. Longer, maybe a co- by a couple years. It's crazy. Yeah. I have lived in LA for a fucking decade and I've known you for a really long time. We have mutual friends through my ex-boyfriend, Eric Money Penny, who was on Please Advise. <laughs> Did awesome. you know that? Yeah, I totally knew Okay. Yeah, yeah. Money Penny was on Please Advise. Uh, you're fr- good friends with Nick Wagner. Yeah. And Joe Chandler and all those guys. And yeah. They were in the Midnight Show. You guys, blast from the past. If you've been following me for a long time, I'm sure you remember the Midnight Show. If not, maybe go check it out at the UCB Theater. I think it's still going on. It sure is. Sure is. Okay. Yeah. Is there getting a lot more of- tired as it's... They can't do the, the parties for hours and hours afterwards. <laughs> we used to party till four or five in the morning without cocaine, by the way. Like no, that like was the jar- cheap beer. Yeah, yeah, cheap beer and just adrenaline and, and like uh, Oasis videos in the background. Yeah. <laughs> and the anger of not fully succeeding yet. I think that fueled a lot of those parties. <laughs> One of the first times I went, you had a hat that was like an octopus. Yes. Sure. Steve, that was Stephen's hat. Oh, okay, Stephen yeah. brought it into the party. You know, Stephen Myers, former guest as well. I love that kid. I finally got to meet his brother for the first time oh, very wow. recently. I'm not going to talk about Steven's personal right. life. I will say that he cut off his ponytail for locks of love, though, and I'm very That's proud great. of him. Yeah. yeah. He has a really soft side. Steven's, like, honestly the best person beside Ryan Bailey. Thank who you. went to Beyonce yeah. formation alone last weekend. I, I, yeah, I kind of want to go and I, let me know what that okay. journey was like. I'll, I'll tell you right now. It was one of this – it was a really emotional thing, actually, because – 
I found out on like Friday night, there was a pilot I worked on that didn't get picked up. So whatever. So then I, the next morning I was like, what would make me really happy? And I was shopping at like pier one with my wife. And I was like, that Beyonce show is happening. I really love Beyonce. Uh, my wife doesn't like Beyonce. It's a kind of one of our arguments. And, and, and I, I said, Hey, would it be weird, babe? If I, if I went to Beyonce by myself, like, just tell me, would it be weird without you? And would it be weird by myself? And she's like, chase your joy, chase, yeah. it. you know? So I, um, I went to Pasadena at three 30 and I was like, this is going to be a mission. I went in my Uber, my Uber driver. I said like, dude, um, reek. We're like, we're going to do this. And he didn't seem as like pumped as I was. And I thought this would make a great Snapchat story. And, um, all of a sudden I started having these regrets and I got to a bar, started pounding drinks. And then I convinced my buddy that lives in Pasadena to come. We started drinking and he said, I'd like to see Beyonce. And I was like, you'll go with me. And he's like, my wife will go too. And then we went on StubHub and I paid an ungodly amount uh, on my credit card to get in there. But it was the best night of my life. It That's was a awesome. Blast. And which, by the way, I saw you and Ed. Yes. Because, I mean, part of the reason I, I told Anne-Marie, my wife, that um, it, I'll get a picture of malls for you uh, if you let me go. So I literally had to ask the ushers if they could see. Uh, they're like, have you seen two people in bee costumes around? <laughs> And I was asking everybody if they saw two people in B costumes, and I finally found you. You guys, if you didn't see on uh, Snapchat, which, by the way, why aren't you following me on Snapchat? Mall's official. Ryan, what's your Snapchat? Uh, Ryan Bailey, 25. And uh, Christina's Hey, okay, Lopez. Hey. We're all kind of really enjoying the medium right now. Yeah. And Testing the boundaries. Yeah, yeah. Beyonce, my phone died 15 minutes into Beyonce, which is just classic me right now. I yeah. used to always have 100% all the time, but then I had some sort of weird emotional divorce from my phone and now I just don't charge it. Maybe we should get you a Mophie case. I would love a Mophie but it's also more of like a political statement. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I've been yeah. getting so fucking political on this podcast lately but I do want to say Here we go. Here we go. Please advise nation. Here we go. Lefty rants from malls. Here we go. By the way, I'm so excited for this upcoming election, can I say. I've now gone from being super depressed to so excited. It's going to be a disaster. I can't even imagine what these debates are going to be like. Well, don't you think the the Republican convention itself is going to be like uh, like a WWE, like uh, WrestleMania, kind Completely. of one of the most amazing reality shows that we've ever seen. Because yep. now we're into politics being a reality show because of the 24-hour news cycle. I've been saying that about Donald Trump for like a couple weeks now. He reminds me of a, of a professional wrestler, like not He's now, like Vince in the Man. 80s. He's like, like Vince McMahon. Because yeah, he has the crazy hair from the 80s. And this is a guy that's- You he, better believe it, brother. We're going to- this is a guy like I watched him like tell I watched him chastise Brett Michaels on a on a reality show yeah. and now he's like a serious candidate. That's amazing and he's really good at sound bites in a really dumb way. I almost feel like Donald Trump has that thing where it's like he's he predates like 9/11 emotionally. Like 9/11 may not have sunk in for him emotionally or something as as much as he's a New York person, he has this 80s style confidence, even a 90s style confidence that is afforded to none of us anymore that we've like lived through this great tragedy. I feel like he whatever it was we all kind of silently took on after 9/11, Donald Trump did not pick that up. <laughs> no, but like I, I I went and watched one of his like full speeches at like this Republican dinner in New York a couple weeks ago and you see it in these bite-sized things that you kind of see the best uh clips either good or bad, but if you watch him unedited, I mean it's 
First off, really boring. It's somebody that just rambles completely and um, makes maybe two points. So there's a lot that the American public really hasn't seen how bad he really yeah. is. He spoke to the NRA yesterday or like because the NRA like came out for him. And he he's at like talking for the NRA and he says, you know, my sons, my sons love the NRA. You know, they they love guns. They rent so many guns. Sometimes I'm like, that's too many guns. And I'm like, you're at the NRA, bud. Like, remember, like, he's really this weird, unedited, unfiltered. Um, and people say that as a compliment. I'm not. But um, it, it's really awesome to watch him uh, stumble his way through this. Do you have a contingency plan if he does indeed become president? Yeah, everybody says, like, let's move to Canada and stuff. You know what I'm going to do? I'll probably just sit right in L.A. And I'm, like, yeah, I, know, here's the thing. Nothing. I'm just going to live through it. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to get through it. Yeah. I'm big on the Schwarzenegger theory That's I mean, this is all like a show right now and that once he gets in, he's really just going to settle in and kind of move way far away from a lot of his right-wing bullshit. There's not going to be a wall. There's not going to the be- Wall is not- financially possible and no. it, like structurally possible. I mean, it, it, there's nothing possible about and, it. And you know what? It could have a trickle down effect in the sense that not a Reagan style trickle down effect, but like <laughs> <laughs> a trickle down not effect a, in the sense of like, well, maybe we, Congress will get its shit together. Finally. Little Reagan humor for all you teens at home. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, please advise nation. Uh, Wikipedia, Ronald Reagan. Reagan trickle, <laughs> trickle down effect. I'm a Reagan baby, you guys. <laughs> what kind of baby are you? You're a Reagan baby? You're good. Bush um, baby. 86. Yeah, you're so. a Bush baby. What are you? Uh, Bush was 88, though. Like, probably Carter? Was that before Reagan? Uh, Carter, Carter, yeah. Before, yeah, yeah. Mr. Carter. Mr. Peanut Farmer. Um, What was I going to say real quick, though? I uh, want to talk about you're a Bravo head. I'm a Bravo yeah. head. Uh, have you been listening to uh, Radio Andy, Bethany Frankel's show, Be Real with Bethany? I've not started listening to that. I actually listened to you this week on Amy Phillips, which was Thanks. awesome. It was um, I was I honestly felt like I did an acid hit when I watched Southern Charm the night before. So I honestly, normally what happens, I wake up at around 4 a.m. And then I start watching all my Bravo shows because who doesn't like to start their day with like uh, verbal violence? It's an easy way. Right? In. So yeah. I, that's, I really start my day usually with that. Uh, but what I wanted to say was Michael Rappaport was on Bethany's show and he was making the most transphobic, disgusting statements. And I've been in positions on this show where people have said things that like really, really bum me out. Uh, I mean, I was really I was really vocal about Neve Shulman's virginity comments, like pushing me over, but not knowing what to say. So I kind of just let him like sit back and I kind of sat back and like let him you know, uh, so there's a time himself. and place to be com- confrontational about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, he was saying like, you know, I mean, he was talking about to Bethany. He was saying, I mean, Bethany, you want some guy with like, who looks like a woman, but has a schlong in a bathroom with Bryn like, and it was so like, um, Donald it Trump. Just, it was, it was, yes, yeah. it was so distasteful, even in it's like ignorance. Well, Michael Rappaport just, plays a character at this point. He's completely. not even a real person. He's like trapped in this uh, uh, vision of like a New York guy that he plays in Woody Allen movies at one point in his life when he was uh, yeah. super successful. Which is crazy because like, he's from LA. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, he used to, I used to manage a nightclub in LA like um, uh, about like 12 or 13 years ago and he used to come in and very uh, verbally aggressive. Like that's his shtick. There are yeah. people that like, oh man, we have to deal with this shtick now. And he actually directed this really cool documentary on tri- uh, Tribe Called Quest that I really dug. Yeah. And, they um, hated it though. Tribe hated it personally. They all wanted nothing to do with oh, it. Oh, Time it came out, yeah, they were all pissed at him. Oh, see, that was the only thing that I really dug that he's done, and I thought that actually was a, a decent documentary. But him, 
I mean, just it's it's like I no, love him in True unbuckled. Romance. That's my jam. Wasn't true Romance great? is my favorite movie. Hope Hope. That's Mighty my favorite Aphrodite. movie of all time. By the way, so. Brad Pitt in that movie, like you can give like what a revelation. Like I, I mean, know. about like no no small parts, just small actors. Mm-hmm. I mean, just hitting it out of the park. True Romance. My is one mom of the best used movies. to say that that was my mom's motto. Like her refresh button for me emotionally, Molly. There's no small parts, just small actors. Because I would never get any parts in plays. I was always undersold in school because I was a dyslexic weirdo. Um, that was the biggest line in our house. There's no small parts, just small actors. She was like, you fucking sell everything you do. Just go sell it. I love that line. Um, but I couldn't believe that Bethany as this like gay icon, Bethany Frankel was sitting there. And then even after the break, she didn't say like after he left, at least say like, you know, I don't stand by those comments. It almost like seemed like she stand stood by those comments. And that really hurt me because I love she does. Bethany. Which, by the way, Bethany usually has no problem in speaking her mind. Right. So but why she would seemed, she not? She seemed a little bit intoxicated by him because he was really working her and, like, was very, like, like she was very, like. You're a mogul, Bethany. You're a mogul. He was like, Bethany, I love you. He's like, you're the one. You're the one. You t- you're you real. You're real. Everyone else, they're fake. Like, and he was really, really just praising her. I guess he had called her the Michael Jordan of Housewives on, on Watch What Happens. And she was very, <laughs> like, I mean, you could just tell, like, she, you know that moment when you're talking to someone famous and, you, and you've and you never respected or liked them, but they're so cool to you in that moment that you're like, like, am I a little bit in love with Lisa Rinna right now? Like, would I marry Lisa Rinna? Like, that is kind of what that moment, it seemed like that's what that moment was for Bethany. It was like she was probably never considered him as a human before, but now that he loved her, she loved him. Yeah, so, no, star, but also stars have this amazing quality of um, making you believe that they love you. Like they have this magical, I, uh, I also worked, worked at a, a fancy spa, uh, when I first came into LA and Anne Hathaway came in and I think at one point I was like, dude, she wants to marry me. Like, and I realized that's just how she treats everybody yeah. in her life. Yeah. Uh, but wait, why do you think Bethany even came back to the housewives franchise? I think that Bethany needed some good press after her marriage. It was obvious after her talk show ended. I mean, she wasn't the she, if she didn't go back to housewives, the best she'd seen in terms of global fame had past she already had her spinoff show she'd already had her talk show she i mean now if she she got married she had her married show yeah and then that's and then she if she hadn't gone back to um you know tv after her huge divorce and just having these brands out everywhere she likes she needs and likes that visibility that's a part of why skinny girl is always she needs to feed it though so that's because people see her struggle and they're like, I want skinny girl. I want to, I'm going to buy skinny girl. I love Bethany. Look how hard she works. She better be on it or tipsy girl is going to start taking over. <laughs> she needs to be talking about how she's the richest homeless person in New York. And she needs to be talking about how tired she is and how laborious her divorce is and how everything like, you know, uh, she needs to play like the high. Well, don't we get a health scare coming up pretty soon? I think there's a vaginal scare. Oh, it's, va- it's, it's I think it's vaginal? vaginal because she was talking about her, like Andy asked her a question on Real Housewives and Bethany was like, oh yeah, speaking of my vaginal health or, or on Watch What Happens. And she was like, oh yeah, speaking of my vaginal health. And Andy was like, no, Bethany, I'm talking about something else. So she almost like outed the story. <laughs> no, <line>. Bethany. No. <laughs> yeah. Like no, Bethany, like re-steer the ship. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's this season is, I want to talk about last weekend's episode or last week's episode with Ray. 
We're on schedule right now for what this a classic, to still be current. Already. I mean, that is that is the best Real Housewives episode of New York, Real Housewives of New York I've ever seen. However, it's more heightened than it's ever been. Was, well, where do they go from here? Where do they go from here? I mean, is somebody exactly. going to die? Is somebody going to shoot somebody? Completely. I mean, was that visibly, the one that we watched last night? They're vi- yes. Okay. I watched an episode of Real Housewives for the first time in three. What What did you think? Are you, were you did you feel it was Ill a afterwards? lot? It was a lot. I don't I don't understand why people subject themselves to watching something like this because it's very uncomfortable. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also very it. manipulative. Do you and know like, what disturbed me about you last night? I'm pointing yeah. directly at you. You're the problem. What disturbed me about you last night is when Bethany was being a full-blown fucking jackal and ripping into Sonia like a little rabbit. You were like, I have to stop myself from going off on people like that all the time. And I was like, I would never mentally even, uh, to get to that place, like that is like friendship, nuclear and like a world ending scorched earth. Fucking no one's coming back. The land is gone. The earth is no, no, nothing can live here anymore. I, that's when I get there, that's where that goes. The fact that you live your life in a place where you need to go off on people like that. But I don't though. Wild. Guys, you're not in this room. There is so much tension in this room. (laughs) Please advise nation. This is really intense right now. When you told me to put Christina as a person, when we did our (laughs) Myers-Briggs last night. Oh my God, that blew my mind. Christina showed me your results and I just, I looked at it and, and I just, nodded and I was like yep I said that's you like and that like, is I was reading the description and it felt like someone was like I was getting read by someone they Christina's were like here's the problem with you this is why peace 96% tur- really my inner life oh, okay I was like you don't strike me as a turbulent person no and- and when you Christina when I hear you on the podcast, you like throw in like stability, you know. She's a fucking <laughs> no. She's a bee's nest of secrets over here. This one Whoa. is a hive of secrets. Christina, has it's a not secrets. There should be it a section like, of Christina's corner every show. I know. Of like, what's going on this week, Christina? <laughs> it's not secrets. It's like my the inner turmoil that I have about like any part of my identity. Yeah. Is that? Yeah, and also you're also very, like, you're very morally staunch. Like, you have very, and I feel like whenever you, uh, like, that time we cried after that guest left because we were both so upset. That was, like, that I was, like, you are so morally staunch. Like, you're such a good person and so, like, believe in what you believe in that it's, it really bothers you to have to question it. And and that makes sense, you know? Yeah. So Ryan, do you have yes. three reasons Sorry. why you're qualified to <laughs> uh, give advice on today's show? Three reasons, yes. And I was I was saying earlier, um, this really threw me into a bit of a, a spiral myself. Uh, you were talking about a, a couple episodes ago about you know people, you know how they how they treat this, and and I did treat this very seriously. I took it very seriously, and I was really questioning things. Uh, and, and at some point I was like, I got to tell malls that I'm not right for this show. I don't think I can do this, <laughs> but then I, I, I gave it another shot. And then I, so the, the first thing is I think I'm qualified because of just like how lucky I have been to been, uh, the people that have been thrown into my life. I was raised like small town in Kansas on a block just with all girls. And so those were like my best friends, you know, like, so I kind of, uh, was taught to listen and look at problems, uh, from a lot of different angles at a really young age that sometimes, um, I've noticed my guys friend, guy friends don't do. Um, also then like, uh, when then I moved to Arizona right in high school and my best friend became this, um, uh, you know, this guy, Dusty, who is my best friend, he's gay, didn't, didn't know it at the time or was in the process of coming out, was a Mormon, like all this, just all the people that in my life that have kind of shown me different aspects of the human condition. I think that actually, um, makes me somebody good to give advice to. I'm con- like, 
I'm really big into self-help, even if I don't practice it sometimes. I go to therapy every week. I read self-help books. Uh, I think that naturally helps. And and the third one is um, I try not to um, – I try not to talk shit about people. This is like, I really try to keep a mental note and I, this does not count for reality show people or celebrities. Um, but I try not cause I realize, um, that everybody is going through their own shit on a daily basis. If you, if you're driving on the four Oh five in gridlock traffic, you look around, we are all in this wave of torment and we have no clue what each, each of our like journeys are. I know this might sound a little hippy dippy, but no, it's true. Um, everyone's facing an enormous journey. Like everyone's on this journey the and everybody's same kind journey. of, there's so many people that are scared shitless that you have no idea about. So, um, I'm very empathetic in, in that way. Yeah. Well, I have three questions for you. Yeah, let's do it. You have been married for as long as I've known you. I feel you probably got married young. What are three things you love about your wife? Okay. Um, my wife will outwork anybody. I okay. mean, she really, I mean, she is so stubborn and bull. Like, I mean, it's something that a quality that I don't have. She doesn't take no for an answer and she will. I mean, the first night I met my wife, she told me drunkenly that she was going to marry me. And I was like, no, thanks. And I, she was like, let me, you know, like, give me your number. And I was like, I don't think so. And, and she really, like, she told me something she'll, and she'll go after that. Um, that, that sounds a little weird, I think, but no, no, she, that's they, aw- no, that's she awesome. really is somebody that I, and, and, um, it that's goes who also, you want on your team. Yeah. And also she, if she likes something or likes a person, she passionately likes that person and supports that person, even if nobody does, you know, I'm talking about, and mainly I'm talking about her taste in music. She like loves the Goo Goo Dolls and will not back (laughs) off from it. And I think that's a horrible choice. I really dislike the Goo Goo Dolls. They're Uh, fine. He he looks like a soccer mom with the hair and yeah, Yeah. I can talk shit. He's a celebrity. Um, (laughs) um, and, and third, and I think this is as, as we get older, I, I think she becomes, um, she becomes more and more beautiful to me. And this is not in any kind of like, you know, I, I'm just like, God, you, you're really an attractive person. Like yeah. your smile, your, your te- like you're really blessed with, with a smile that I think really does warm up a room. That's you amazing. Know? But I, you, but I also, guys, I'm really scared. She listen to my wife. She's Italian. She really scares me. So. <laughs> oh, I love Italian women. Oh, you'll, you'll love my wife. Where'd yeah. you guys meet? Uh, we met at, uh, this bar in Venice, uh, the Venice Whaler. Oh, yeah, she was like one. hammered at a happy hour and I was going to meet That's her That's a sister. great bar, by the way. It I mean, great it's bar. great, but it's not great at the same Well, she time. was flirting with these guys who were like gold gym, bald, like yeah. buff. And I was like, I had not, I, and she would like, when she talked to me, she, she was like, like four eyesing me. Like she was so drunk and she's like, you, I've heard about you. And then I eventually watched her get carried out of the bar by <laughs> two people. And yeah. Um, all right. What's your biggest emotional fear? Um, my big, I mean, honestly, is that, um, is that I'm, is that I'm going to, I'm that, that, that and it's a very real fear is that, um, I might not be able to do anything with my life that I'm, that I quite possibly could be considered a failure and it's too late into the game to, um, I to sometimes switch true. courses. It's just, it, <laughs> I deal with this. I get with my, what, I, I know how you But like, feel. I deal this with my therapist a lot. It's just like, you know, there's a certain thing if you play the lottery and I'm in the acting, comedic, uh, writing game. There's a certain lottery aspect to this. If you are a smart person, 
uh, you actually look at the logistics of things and how many pieces have to go into place on top of you being talented for anything to hit. Yeah. You know, everybody has a story and there's all these little facets that go into each one. Um, but as you get older, you get, because you do feel the crunch of time and the hundred years that we're going to be on earth. Yeah. And you really do get scared of what is it going to look like as I get older, you know? And, and, um, that is a, a real fear that I like just even in the last month, it, I carry it with me like on a daily basis. It weighs. You just had a birthday. Is that why do you think? Uh, no, actually, I really think it's just that you, you, well, maybe, gosh, maybe, but no, this is something that I've been thinking about a lot for the last year. And it's, it's not like it, cause it's like, no, this is what I chose to do. So do it and work hard and hopefully meet the right people and, and continue. But you do, you know, you have other friends that, uh, have success and, and you look right. and you, you just, um, you know, yeah, yeah. What I feel good about you though, confident about you though, is you're always creating, you have a real job, you have, and it's a job it's within the realm. You know yeah, what I mean? Totally, There's yeah. a lot of people that are just, they're like, I don't, I, I worry about them. I don't worry about you. Well, you, know you know what know, I mean? Did you ever just want like, there's a part of me that always just, I just want to be in the game. Just invite me to play. Right. And that's the thing. Like, it's like with everything, like just, uh, I might not want to go, but just invite me. Like, yeah. just like, I want to be part of it. If I, I was can be saying in the that game, last night. Yeah. Well, like, I just want to be part of the game. Like I, I actually got to, it's been a dream come true to like, I've been pitching this show, but I've, I've been actually for the first time, like taking meetings and I don't, you always read about it. You always, cause I was a, like, I grew up in Kansas. I was reading variety as a kid. Like yeah. I, that was the one magazine my, I would get. And, um, to actually be in these meetings, it's one of those things. It's like, wow, I'm from Kansas and now I'm here. Yeah. Even like this is a win. On, it's a big deal. It's a really cool thing, even if nothing comes of it, you know? I love that. Yeah. That's a great attitude. Okay, last question. We're going to take our calls. Your favorite board game. Oh, um, uh, gosh. Wow, that's a good one. Um, no, it's uh, Monopoly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Monopoly. Yeah, wow. because- your it's a real it's the a, stamina you need for that game. It's a time commitment. You really get to know people, and there's like when when there's a there's a um uh, uh seesaw effect that when it's saw like you know you're winning, and then it's just like that's pouncing, how you're gonna make pouncing, it as an actor because you have yeah. the fucking patience for Monopoly. <laughs> if you have the patience, if you love Monopoly, then you're gonna make it as an Molly, actor. Molly, what's yours? Uh, Scrabble. Okay, let's take our calls. <laughs> Hey, Malls. This is Richard. I just tweeted at you about my uh, expected baby. So my wife and I have been married a few years, and we got pregnant uh, a few months ago. We were expecting a baby girl, and we just found out that he's going to be a boy. So it was kind of like an oh, shit moment for a number of reasons. But then we kind of were thinking about how do you actually raise a son, you know, in today's world? What do you think, like, sexual politics are going to be like, you know, 20 years from now when he – is a freshman in college. How do you raise like a gentleman, but also, you know, if he's going to be like a boss one day, he like respects women to pay them an equal amount. But when he, you know, goes out on dates, he is willing to like pick up the check kind of thing. You know what I mean? How do you, you know, marry those two? So love to hear your thoughts. If you were pregnant right now, expecting a baby boy, how would you expect to uh, raise him over the next, you know, 20 years for him to be a feminist adult? Thanks. Well, I have to say that as someone who uh, I don't have a lot of friends who have kids by nature, the fact that I live in Los Angeles and people don't really settle down till they're a lot older. Um, even a lot of my older friends don't really have kids. Um, but my girlfriend from elementary school started getting um, 
you know, got pregnant for the first time with a son, I was so excited because I was like, this is an opportunity to raise a great guy. Like, how cool is that, that you get to make great men? Um, that's it. I mean, Ryan, I consider you to be someone who has this balance. You talked a little bit about this at the top, but did your parents do anything to like nurture you to be like compassionate, but uh, no, yeah, we had uh, weekend classes that no, um, no, my no, it, it um, actually, no, um, well, my mom is somebody that I, you know, just a great lady, hardworking lady, and an empathetic lady. My dad is super funny, but my dad was like a sports guy, and we conflicted on that. I, I just started being close to my dad in the last 10, 12 years, and it was something was, that was a big thing of like, I'm not enough of a guy for my dad. Right. It was a very, but um, but also, I just thought of li- like even hearing that from Richard was that man, you're well on your way to producing an amazing son. For you to even think of that question, I'm already like, well, that's a non-issue. He's going to be completely fine. Right. Uh, Richard seems to, if, if you even think about that, like for me, I, a lot of my guy friends are having uh, babies that are girls. That yeah. scares the bejesus out of me. Yeah. Being in the LA club scene, going to music festivals, uh, looking at Instagram models, that kind of stuff scares the crap out of me. I that know. to me is something that I would not know how to raise a girl. Yeah. Um, but guys, I'm just like... You know, I just thought that's such a a great even question that if your mind thinks of that, I think you're well on your way to being an amazing parent. You know, totally. I think you know it's about maybe pointing out the hypocrisy. I think obviously kids are kids listen and absorb everything like a sponge, and I think just reiterating um, your beliefs as much as possible is really important. I think that there's a way to say like you know everybody's equal, but when you're courting someone when you're dating someone and you want to show them that you like them it's nice you know it's a it's a nice quality for a man to offer to provide it's not necessary but it's nice that if you pay for a date out of you know that's a different scenario I I would hope that he wouldn't feel he needs to pay for every woman he eats a meal with that is where you get uh, we can't date anymore uh, (laughs) no I I think it's like I would be also just scared about raising a kid in this uh, landscape of like, how do you navigate social media? How do you navigate? Yeah. Um, that's the kind of like, uh, like these, I, thankfully I, I was married, uh, before like dating apps and stuff yeah. like that. And, and I know you talk about this a lot and you seem like you, where you seem like you enjoy it. Like, and it, I'm a sicko that just loves meeting people. But to me like that, yeah. that just, that, that is my worst nightmare meeting new people over yeah. an app. Like it's hard enough, like on Facebook and Twitter, you know, like to even throw the real me out there. But that to me scares me. Um, but he also the pain thing that, yeah, I was taught at a young age to, you know, always pay for a lady if you can. And I yeah. remember I'd been in a really long relationship, um, that was started in high school and we moved out here together and ended. And I, was all of a sudden 25 um, and it was Arrested Development. I had no idea what dating was. And I took a girl out on like Venice Beach and I I knew I had money to to buy lunch. And we did that. And then we were walking on the beach and it was very nice. And then, you know, uh, Roland Jimmy, the guy on the turban with Mm -hmm. the guitar on the roller skates, he rolled up to me and he was like, hey, my man, uh, you want to buy a CD? And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I only have um, my credit card, you know? And then he was like, no problem. And he pulled out a credit card machine. And then um, the card, of course, declined because I had no more money, which was so embarrassing. But anyways, that's what I would be. I think Richard is completely awesome. Yeah. Here's the thing I will say. I do feel like society is becoming more aware of like gender equality and that's becoming a very mainstream movement. I would like to think so, but we are not in the the so-called red state. I mean, we're, we're very, we're here where we, uh, all of my friends are very, um, like 
pro equality and all these things. I I'm meant like blessed. in the internet sense of of it all. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know how like feminist memes are. But all I the do think about that all the time. Is that we are so every every comp conversation we have on this show is influenced by the fact that like for the most part us and most of our guests have grown up and re- continue to live in very liberal cities yeah. and um and very open-minded cities with more more different types of people than you know what to do with New York yeah. and LA crazy Boston too especially that it's a college uh, town but yeah i am um, uh, I think that Richard, I think you're a good guy. I'm really excited for you. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. I hope you didn't yeah. buy a bunch of uh, gender <laughs> shit. Well, that that's seems what... like to be the problem. He was <laughs> alluding if... to some problem. He's like, that's another story. So he yeah. bought I a mean, lot of but you know what? That's another way the you can point. like, exactly. you know, it's don't another... live in the binary. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you shouldn't be so adher- <laughs> adherent to like the gender binary either. And I that was... might help like the feminis- feminis- feminism is you a little we bit. We know where Richard lives. Where does he? Uh, let me look up the. Uh, I, code. I'm not sure, but I do know that um, I I was watching my hairdresser. She's from a very traditional Armenian background. She taught her, uh, not my hairdresser, my nail person. Uh, she taught her son Armenian in home first before they speak English. Anything else? And I was watching her Snapchat the other day, and I noticed that she just was letting her little kid run around Target and pick out any section, and he was mostly aiming towards the baby dolls and. I don't think that's a sexuality thing for him. I just think that he they don't had have the that opportunity. frame of reference. Yeah, yeah, he had the opportunity yeah. to play with whatever he wanted, and uh, that is a good. That's a good thing to do. I think just like honestly, the more opportunities you give your kid to decide their own activities, you know, don't necessarily put them in football. They don't want boys' toys. They they're like. Want toys? They're also, directed towards wanting those, th- those yeah. things. And if you're a part of a group, and I hate to bring this into this, but like if you're a part of a group, mainly talking about religion, that actually steers you towards a certain way of not thinking. Right. I think that's always any a dangerous kind of way. I'm all for spirituality, and I'm all for religion in certain ways. Um, but learn how to be yourself within those confines. And the fact that I'm saying the word confines, um, I've just been around certain situations where that has. Well, like the 19-year-old who called us last week saying that she would have – she would give blowjobs and, and have anal or something, but she can't have vaginal penetration. And it's like, do you Shout even out. do you even know why you're saying that? Like, because to, to me, that as a woman, that doesn't sound like that's a fun party for me. Like, yeah. only anal and blowjobs? That sounds dis- – like She that didn't say like anything Farrah about Abraham, anal. Yeah. Okay, maybe I, maybe I inserted the anal thing. But, like, <laughs> oh, but blowjobs so on- only, that's not a fun – that's probably not a fun sex life for her. So I just want to – you know, She could enjoy it, but yeah. She could, but 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 that's a very – also, that's almost like a fetish if you only enjoy giving blowjobs instead of actually having any fun yourself. Well, and so <laughs> – uh, people's sexualities are different. Like some people are just more active in the. But she said it was a spirit. What I'm, what I'm referring yeah. to is that she said it was for like some sort of religious or moral reasons. And I, and I, what I wanted her to clarify is why. Why do you believe in those things? Because if you can tell me why you believe in those things, I'm to. totally with you. But I feel like she was reacting because she was told. But that was Fair Abraham's thing too, right? That was it was religious that she was not using birth stuff. control. Oh, because God was against vaginal then? stuff. Uh, well, I think that day she didn't believe in God. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I maybe just totally made something up. Sorry, Farah. All it takes is one time. Sorry, Sorry Farah. I do have to say, some, Farah did call someone's work that I know the other day and spelled her name out for the receptionist. It was awesome. Okay, let's take our next call. 
Hi, Malls. Hi, Christina. Hi, guest. Calling with a burning Vanderpump Rules question. I recently saw on none other than Miss Sheena Shea's Snapchat that Brittany, Jax Taylor's girlfriend, is officially a waitress at Sir. Want to get your thoughts on this? Uh, I think this could make for a fantastic season five, uh, if that's the season we're coming up on. Um, I think Brittany is an absolute unicorn that she can put up with Jax's crazy, shady ways and not only get along with all these crazy people, but this group also includes his ex-girlfriends and girls he's hooked up with and, you know, God bless. Um, so I think it'll be great. Um, everybody's at this amazing point. They're all in harmony right now, you know, save Tom and Ariana, but kind of over them. They're kind of over us. and just like a little tired of it. Um, but anyhow, so I don't think that this harmony could last. So I'm looking even more forward to the inevitable fallout and the new alliances because let's face it, that's what we've come to love our dear Vanderpump rules for. So anywho, just very curious to see what your feels are on this. Please advise. What do you think? Um, First off, top-notch question, caller. Um, I've, I've got such a huge <laughs> smi- smile on my face. You've hit into my wheelhouse. Uh, this is amazing. Um, you, you're so right. I was on Sheena. This is so embarrassing. I was on Sheena Shea's Snapchat just last night, mm-hmm. and you were totally right. She is working there. She is in the purple dress, yeah. which, by the way, means we are getting storylines where she gets hired. We are getting all of these storylines. <laughs> and by the way, she always has the most beautiful smile. She really- So cute. But by the way, there is something lurking beneath the fact that she can put up with Jax, which kind of almost makes me think, is there a little bit of like- um um like star craving, like a really subtle underlying. I think Brittany is an emotional earmuffs person. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a long history of secrets and substance abuse in her family. Um, I think that Brittany really keeps her eyes shut. And I think that what the pulse of her coming into Sir will be is the discovery of who Jax really is. Because when she's faced with it like that, because, you know, he's been able to massage her into the social situations, pick and choose when she comes around, what light she's seen in. Now that she's at Sir and a bona fide player, I mean, do we think she's going to be in the intro? Yeah. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because the intro, by the way, now has like 80 people in it. It's like the, the, the Marvel universe with all the superheroes. Like there's so many people like Guillermo's still in there, which, but like, but, um, uh, I think this season will be all about her learning who Jax really is. And then the next season after that, to look really ahead will be the discovery of Brittany. Yeah. It will be Brittany's season where she probably hooks up with one of the other guys, maybe Tom. Brittany's going to fly. Yeah. That'll be Brittany's season. But, um, there is some, like you will have a Jax cheating storyline, at least two of them in this next season. I'm so excited. But isn't it really, um, the, the Snapchats crack me up because you can see how over it they are. Like they literally be like, I'm hiding in the back room because I'm sure they don't want to deal with customers that love them. You know? Well, I don't follow Sheena. Um, the only people I follow are Ariana, Stassi and Katie. Ariana's on it? Yeah. And, uh, she's Ariana 2525. Mental note. Now I really thought this was really interesting. What you said actually about Tom and Ariana, which I'm worried. This is why I worry about Ariana as someone I really enjoy. When did I say Oh, the caller said, She said, I'm over them because they're over us. And as someone who loves Ariana and wants her to keep being on TV and like pick up that fucking paycheck and like and and show people how great she is. I think a lot of people do find her to be the Greek chorus in a a sense of comic relief in some sense. Like she seems to really understand because she does really understand the show. However, 
you can't act over your job at your job after a certain point. And now the audience is starting to feel like, come on, you're not even playing anymore. Yeah. Like we, I mean, that's the, 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 you know, the magic of like, you know, uh, of disbelief. We want the curtains. We want the whole show. And like, if you make me realize how pathetic I am for watching this show, that starts to bother me because like I was telling Molly earlier is I got into Vanderpump rules, hardcore, like just this year. Yeah. And it was kind of like Snapchat where I had a really violent reaction at first and absolutely was like, this is horrible horrible, disgusting. And then like one day you wake up and you're like, I want to see what filters look like on my face, you know, like, (laughs) and I couldn't stop. And then like, I finished the season and I got so upset that it was done that I went back and I mainlined all three seasons in like a week and a half. So I had watched that season. I had no idea that all these other guys had cheated, like people that I thought were good. It really makes you understand Stassi's journey as well, right? And yeah, really what a journey. And I think I really recommend for any fan out there, if you haven't spent some time with season one Stassi, even season two Stassi, I think you need to go back because something's been lost in translation and uh, I really like I think that Stasi had a much harder go than people remember I just also with Brittany I get really scared that Jax might be and there's no signs of this well I think that he, I get scared he might be verbally abusive to her I get scared I would, that he might make fun of certain aspects of her that I don't I don't know I there's part of me that just I don't know why I get the feeling I think that you are 100% correct in that feeling. I think that it's probably even worse than you think. And I I I honestly I think that Jax does not treat women well. And I I don't I'm that's all I can that's all I will say, but I don't think that uh Jax treats women well. But, and but, I worry about But that. also, I mean, but then we for this next season coming up, we have I mean, there's there's going to be the good side and then the dark side of DJ James Kennedy and La La Kent, which, by the way, if you see on Chris, his Instagram, Doughty, my hair is crazy. My sex is crazy. Fuck you, Kristen Doughty. You'll I, never get a guy like me. <laughs> I banged her on a BMW. <laughs> by the way, but by the way, like this, this is how like, um. This is when I get super excited. Like sometimes I'll see it after the fact. I don't follow him on Instagram, but it'll show up on my people you may know thing. <laughs> and um, and I'll see that like he's spinning and I'll be like, because I've pulled a pump mission before where I went and had like three pump teenies yeah. and like worst hangover of my life. Like, we should go. Oh, dude, I am. I don't do that. That would yeah. be a dream yeah, of mine it, actually yeah. with you. But um, yeah, like <laughs> it's, this is like a bucket list. But by the way, this is being on this podcast is like a make a wish foundation. Kind oh my of gosh. I, I'm, I'm not sick, but it's like what it would be if I was sick. Here's so the fact that I'm already on this without being sick is like, now I get to use my make a wish when it really happens oh, yeah. for something other than this, you know, I'm really, I hope you're, we're impressing you with the rinky dink operation that we're running. No, I, by the way, this is like, literally I was like, woke up in the mirror today. I was like, you can do this, buddy. Let's go. <laughs> All you I got want this. is for people to come over and talk about Vanderbump rules with me and a microphone. But that's, why, that's well, all no, I want. I've, you know, if you like, that's why my vision board is like really like I would love to watch Vanderbump rules with Molly. I would love to <laughs> like those are the things. Those are the and I actually I talked about that in my therapy this week. I was like super pumped. I'm on a podcast that I love and I'm really excited. And I just never thought it could possibly happen. And he's like, well, why didn't you reach out to her and ask her to be? I was like, that's not how things work. You don't just reach out to somebody. I don't just people reach out to be like, can I be on the podcast? But that's not polite. I want to be polite and I haven't anyways. Sorry. Vanderpump rules. Great show. Great question. I'm so like, when does the next season start? So they start filming actually this weekend. 
I thought they. Do you also- know why? Because do you remember? I can't say who, but do you remember who you were gonna? You're feeling yes, for yes, today? yes, yes, yes. And do you remember why that person can't be here? Ah, yeah. warm ups. Which, by the way, I thought so. They're probably doing practice uh, lighting tests last night because they were all working in their purple outfits. Yeah, they're they are. I think it might have. I think for some people, the person I'm talking about, they got their they screen yeah, grabbed they their schedule to me, and so and that person. May or may not work at Sir. Could you imagine being on that mailing list for shooting? Like I can't even. I mean, I feel so bad. I've known Ariana for two years now, and I've seen like they just can't do anything. Like the emails come like three hours in advance. I mean, they. I guess they have legally. It's like they yeah. have to give them six hours. So, but they'll sometimes get like an email being like, "We need you to be there tonight." The thing that I'm most concerned with and curious about is is the um, what they get paid. Like, do they put it in a trust for use later? Because they all seem to be in like these dinky apartments still. Um, do they get, do they, can they not use the money they're getting now to I'm seeing a lot of them with nice cars? I think a lot of them are put, I don't, I don't think there's, I mean, I don't, it's a lot of nice dinners. And I don't think like they're that. saving. I don't think they're saving. Cause I mean, first of all, they also are responsible for maintaining their looks. So they're like paying for like celeb style. You know, yeah. I heard Sheena on Stassi's podcast. I heard Sheena gave like an insane, like, uh, five figure amount of money to a hairdresser and makeup artist to have them on retainer throughout the season so that they can come over whenever she calls them. Spend so money like, to make money. So let's say you're giving someone, you're spending 25 grand off the top to make sure you look flawless yeah. on TV. That's worth it. They need it. Cause that's how they, but like, I don't know how much they get. They all just were at Foxwoods for Sheena's or for Katie's Yeah, birthday. I saw that. That was yeah, and I think that all of them got paid for that. Yeah, because there was like a reality show convention. Yeah. In, I mean, I heard. I don't yeah. Know. Uh, <laughs> and also, you guys, new Mike Shea track dropping soon. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you seen his... um, Don't Look Down, James Ken's, Kennedy's music video? Oh, yeah, with yeah. the paint. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it called I mean, Don't Look Down? Uh, I'm not sure. I just know at some point he's like shirtless, like with neon paint. and God it's... bless him. He's the white Kanye West. He was at Coachella when I was this year, and I was like, just randomly, like, just always looking over my shoulder for DJ James Kennedy, which, by the way, will be the most when I when I do find him and I will eventually and get that picture with him. It's going to look so odd. I I'll have the biggest smile be on my face. Out and like on fireball. Like I feel like he's probably the he has it. No one's ever hurt my ego the way Justin Bieber did when he told me he wouldn't take a picture with me. And, like I've literally never been hurt like Wait, how that long in my was life. That? It was at the Justin Bieber roast. I've never been hurt like I have never been hurt like that in my life. And um <laughs> and I honestly think James Kennedy gives me that vibe. That's well see and this is why I'm really weird with asking people things and kind of sometimes weird around celebrities. If I'm uh when I was like 14 years old, we lived in Arizona. We came out to LA to visit my uncle and the Tower Records on Sunset used to be there. And I was like so into movies and film and we drove there and we saw Whoopi Goldberg go into the Tower Records. And I was like, oh my God, Whoopi Goldberg, dad, can we stop? And we stopped. And it was right when like CDs were still in the big cases and she had like 80 CDs. And immediately as a kid, I was like, oh my God, she can afford all those CDs. And like, she's so rich. And then I went up to her and I was like, I was so nervous. And I was like, Miss Goldberg, I just wanted to say I'm, I'm a very big fan and I just really like your work and I'm an actor myself. And I didn't ask for an autograph didn't I, and she ignored me, didn't act like I talked to her and just turned around and walked away. And I never, I had never. Whoopi, how I, dare you hurt I had young never, Ryan? I had never, it really, what? 
I mean, it totally oh scarred. Um, it like go to, I had to go back to my dad. He was like, "How was it?" I'm like, "She wouldn't talk to me." He's like, "Let me at her," you know. But he yeah. didn't do anything. But oh my um, god, what be hurting it, young Ryan? But like is to act like I didn't. I never exist. got that vibe from her. I didn't either. That's why oh, I thought it was all right to say hi. Mean cat. She's like a mean old cat on the View. Well, that's she, why like, she, she's, she's vaping perched. now. She's like, it's, it's almost like she's perched. Like on a bookshelf looking down at the rest of them. She's grumpy. She doesn't like to go to break. She doesn't like to read let's the get, teleprompter. Let's, yeah. let's keep rolling. Yeah, she's pissed. Whoopi's yeah. pissed every so, yeah. day. I want the James Kennedy photo and I want Jackson a chunky sweater with me photo. And then I'm like, done. Did he abandon the chunkies? Like, is yeah. he wearing them Which still? Probably, no, I don't think so. Because I think he's actually bulked up. So it'd be chunky on chunky. Yeah. And that's sometimes You can't hard. have chunk on chunk. Chunk on chunk, chunk, on chunk is, is not good. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's take our next call. Hi, Molly. This is Sophie from Iowa, and I have a question. Um, my boyfriend and I have been dating for, like, a year and a half or so, and we've been through a lot, or at least I've been through – I've been with him while he's been through a lot. Um, he had a legal situation that he came out on the good end of, um, and this whole time I've dated him, he's been a smoker, which – bothers me I don't try to be judgmental because I can't understand what it's like to be a smoker I've never been one but it's something that does bother me enough that I want to try and push the issue with him and try and get him to consider quitting and try and be supportive in making that happen but it's something that I don't really know how to approach because I don't want to, it's not, I mean, it is my place, but it's also like something that's just really hard because I don't have any personal experience and I don't even really know anyone personally that's had to quit smoking or been a smoker. And I just don't know um, how to be supportive and be there for him. But I also know that it's important to me. and I don't think I could ever, date someone long-term or marry someone or have kids with someone who smokes. And it does bother me because he has to smoke. Like, it's just, it's, like, annoying that we have to, like, break up our time together so that he can go outside and smoke. And he gets really emotional, and I can tell when he needs to smoke. And it's just, it's not a big problem, but it's something that does bother me, and I want to be upfront with him about it. Um, so I guess I'm just wondering... If you have any advice about how to make it clear to him that it's something that I need him to consider, but without being like, I don't know. I just want to be supportive, but also like clear. Um, so any advice you have would be great. Thank you. Bye. Okay, girl. I mean, look, whether that be like smoking or eating Cheetos on the couch or uh, having man tits or a sex addiction or some like weird World of Warcraft addiction or like whatever it is, you either need to let him quit on his own or dump him. That's the only way this is going to go because you can't he will resent you for making him change. You, you, the, you, this is the person you started dating. So you already signed that invisible contract saying, I accept you on these terms. Uh, he's going to, if you want to date a guy that doesn't smoke, 
date a guy that doesn't smoke, but you can't, I mean, I don't care what it, the reason why it upsets me is as a smoker, I'm cognizant of it in dating. And I'm also really open with people on the first date. I literally, or like, as soon as we start to lay down terms of the stuff, or if it comes up on the first date, I'm really open about it. I do whatever I want whenever the fuck I want. And that's not a negotiable thing for you. So like, while I will always be considerate of you, I'm not going to stop smoking for you. And if you're dating me, then like, you're not, you're not going to be able to just don't date me. If that's a deal breaker, then don't date me, but I'm not changing for you. Sorry. No one should be asked to do that. I ain't sorry. You know, Uh, no one should be asked to do that. Uh, Sophie, I have a little perspective on this is what I quit smoking about five years ago. And, um, yeah, my wife wasn't too keen on me smoking cause she's not a smoker, but, um, uh, but we made it very clear. I made it very clear that I wasn't going to quit. And then when I did quit, it was because I wanted to quit. There would have been nobody that could have told me. Uh, my parents told me for so many years to quit. Like there were, and it just, uh, no, no, I, that's something that I like. That's a me thing. And unfortunately, and even how your voice sounds and, you know, you know, I can tell you're really tormented about that, but malls, I think is, is completely right on is that, you know, get used to it or unfortunately like do date somebody that doesn't smoke. They're out there. My parents at one point when I was dead broke, they knew the only thing that could motivate me to quit smoking was money. And they said to me, Molly, we will give you $2,500 if you don't smoke a cigarette for six months. And I said to them, no. And they were like, and I said, how, I said, you know, I said, they were like, well, you know, we're going to have to figure out a way to keep you accountable for it. But you know, you go six months without smoking a cigarette, we'll give you $2,500. And I said, I'm just not even going to entertain that. I'm not even going to pretend to lie to you that I'm going to do that. It's not worth $2,500 for me. And also at many points in my life, there, you know, there never is a right time to quit these sort of things. That, that being said, when I was like dead broke or in a very stressful place in my life, cigarettes were a great source of comfort to me and I needed them and I wasn't ready to quit. I didn't need another problem in my life. I didn't need to be like chasing down this like, you know, eight year addiction in the middle of like, poverty. So, uh, <laughs> but I, I, you're so, and being a smoker, you're very used to like having, like, I remember like, uh, you know, somebody, I was having a c- cigarette on, um, it, this older lady came up to me and was like, you're too handsome to smoke. Yeah. And I was like, mind your own business. But that's a very nice thing to say, you know, like, right. but it, you know, there's just no, I used to have this horrible joke. Uh, somebody would ask me to quit and I'd like, you're, my parents didn't raise a quitter. You know, yeah. it was like, but I really, unfortunately, it's got to be him all the way. There can be, you know, you saying that is just unfortunately works in your negative, you know? And I have had exes that I've desperately wanted to change and it just hasn't worked out. Whether it be a little thing like that or some big thing, I just seriously, no matter what it is, you can't make someone do anything they don't want to do. Has she thought of starting smoking? (laughs) There you go. Thank you. Sorry, Sophie. Sophie, get involved. We haven't done one of these for a while. It's you are appreciated user comment. You guys, we have a five star review that was in the iTunes store. We really love it when you go do that because it helps us in our rankings. Ryan's going to read our new comment for you. Read it up, Ryan. Imagine Ice Cube listening to Please Advise by Avery Fields. As a straight black 23-year-old man, I'm sure I'm not your target audience, but I love this show. I've been told I look like Ice Cube. Imagine Ice Cube watching your show. Yeah, Molly and crew, keep it up, because if you reach me, you can reach anyone. P.S. Don't censor the period joke talk. If men can't take the blunt honest, then this show isn't for them. 
I love you, Avery. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of the guys we've been hearing from that are like, yeah. I fell out laughing listening to the period stuff last week. I, that Richard is honestly for our first caller, Richard, who wants to know that is another way to raise your son. Don't make him afraid of biological shit that happens to everybody. Teach him that everybody's shit is normal. That is so great when we hear. I love hearing from a young 23 year old guy with a progressive attitude. I do picture Ice Cube listening to this show every week. I have been for years. So um, that's something new for me. But uh, maybe for the audience, it's a fun visual for you. Uh, Ice Tea and Coco or Ice Cube. And, <laughs> I oh, no, it's not who I'm thinking of. Yo, Ice Dre, Cube. check this out. <laughs> <laughs> Let the beat drop. Yeah. Is there a doctor in the house? Yeah. <laughs> so we have a letter too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Ryan's also going to read our letter Sweet. because he's an actor. Voiceover. Uh, and we want to give him this a piece of great voiceover audition <sighs> material. Yeah, you Can can you put amazing. this in your reel? Yeah, I will. Do some like uh, voice exercises, uh, you know. You, unique, unique New York. York. Unique. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. What are leather. the other ones? I think those are the only two Those I are the only two. I know, yeah. School, yeah. <laughs> the rain in Spain falls yeah. mainly yeah. on the plane. <laughs> Bippity boppity bip. Hey, Malls, Christina, Helen, double exclamation point, wags, and super fun and fierce guest. So I have a real quick question to ask y'all. I'm a 28-year-old human woman from a small mountain town in Southeast Virginia. I currently live in D.C. and I'm trying my hardest to maintain my life, my, my, my live, laugh, and love lifestyle. My younger and only sister is 17, living back home in Virginia, and partakes in safe sex very often. Within the last three weeks, she's had multiple sexual partners. Here's my question. Should I be concerned? I feel concerned, but I don't know how to convey that to her in a feminist and non-motherly way. My parents don't know what's going on because they are almost 60 and are too tired and old parents. The last time I was home, I took her to Planned Parenthood, and we both got tested for it. STIs because I want to show her I respect her choices, but also want to be proactive in safeguarding her sexual health. When I ask her how her psyche is, she tells me it's totally fine. When I ask her how the dumb kids in high school are treating her, she tells me that they all talk about how much of a slut she is and that she has no gal pals. This makes me super sad. I'm afraid she's having sex just to feel a connection with someone. I don't know what to do. Help. Uh, she has, she adds a PS. Have loved you and your pod forever. You introduced me to Salon Paws, which helped me so much during grad school. And I'm <laughs> grateful to you because you keep me laughing in this political and boring ass city. Also, oh my God, Helen is so beautiful. And your Snapchat when you tell her that she's arrived at her home forever made me cry. How do you communicate with her? Through signing? Thanks again, Logan. Oh my God. Now I remembered when that happened and that's making me misty. I love Helen and that too. That was really beautiful. Helen's so good. I didn't even mean it like that, but like at, and now that I realize that that's how that came across, I like she was home forever. That's my baby girl. Yeah. Um, she found her forever home, which is something yep. that foster kids say a lot. Yeah. yeah. She's my, that's my little girl. Thank you. Helen is so beautiful. Uh, I want to say that I don't know if there's something wrong with me, but a lot of people asked me when I was through, going through the adoption process process why do you want to adopt adopt a deaf pit bull and I said oh I didn't like I didn't think about it like yeah. I just really like she is it's frustrating that she can't hear me sometimes right now because I'm starting to get to know her yeah and she's already darted out the front door a couple times thankfully I live at the very top of a cul-de-sac so she's nowhere near moving traffic for at least almost a half a mile but it's real. It, I th- had to throw a stack of newspapers in front of her the other day to get her to realize that I wasn't playing. Like I, I had to throw a yeah. stack of newspapers down the driveway to get her attention. That really freaked me out. 
Uh, she does speak sign language. She only has three signs. Um, she also responds really well to touch. So if I just like put my hand on her butt, she sits. Um, she's so happy and so grateful to be somewhere. Um, so I just, I can't, I honestly have to be honest. I, I, the rescue organization I used was, I've never rescued from an organization before. And it was, it's not for everyone. It was a laborious process. It was emotional. It, I felt threatened at times. Like they were threatening if I didn't respond fast enough or if I did something wrong that they were going to take her away from me. And that was really emotional because I so fell for Helen um, right away when I met her and even in the pictures. So um, I don't know if I would recommend the adoption group, I rescue group I used, but um, I do recommend rescues in general and pits and deaf dogs. They're really just – she's such a – everyone who's met her is blown away by her. Oh, she's great. Um, now, wait. She said her sister was 15? Uh, let me double check this one second. <clears throat> her, sis- her sister – her only sister is 17. Okay. And the parents are 60. Which she's is, by the way – sorry. When Janet Jackson was announced her pregnancy at age 50, the first thing I thought was, well, that's kind of fucking selfish. <laughs> when your kid graduates high school, they had to take care of a, an elderly parent. Well, yeah. Here's the thing, though. She has the money to, like, Control. be okay. You know what I mean? Right. But it's not – I don't know if it's great messaging. And I also think that, you know, if you want to have a child at 50, maybe adopt. Maybe that's that's maybe that's maybe the aggressive adoption range, yep. I'd say. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm – you know, the technology involved that's ha- – you know, having this happen, I'm, I'm scared that it's going to be like an Octomom situation and a new Jackson 5, you know? Wags keeps farting, by the way. I just want to apologize for that. That's not normal, but he's on a new food. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah. Uh, do you smell this? Please advise like- nation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the wind of it. But yeah. yeah, but and oh no, Helen, uh, sh- uh, her farts are so brutal that the other night I and I, by the way, I'm not a fart scatological humor person, I just need to Neither express this to the nation. I was in my bedroom <laughs> the other night, an entire floor in a barn door away from Helen, and I'm laying in my bed and I'm like, did she shit in her cage? And I went downstairs. <laughs> And just realize that Helen needs to get her digestion sorted. Like, Helen's in a, in a way. It's a big thing for dogs to change food. Yeah, so she's so. on some – because God knows what she was on before. Now she's on some – Ryan brought some very lovely food today. I have her on a yes. slim and healthy mix right now because – But that's one of my – my big girl. One of my she's biggest big. uh, shameful moments in my life – I've done this now a couple of times – is when I've – Blamed a particularly bad fart on my dog to my wife. <laughs> and I'll be like, babe, what, what are you doing to her? That's crazy. Classic right? couple humor, right? So um back to Logan's sister. Oh yes. Yeah. Sorry. Back to Logan's little sister who is having multiple sexual partners. I was very upset when I thought it was 15. 17 is a little bit different. I do know that is the age that, um, or it was anyway, when I was growing up, that was the national average for a woman to lose her virginity. And when I lost mine, hey, mom, ew, sorry. Uh, Yeah, so I think that that is a normal time to be sexually active. I I mean, I think you're very, it's very obvious that you mm-hmm. are correct and that this is some feeling some sort of emotional need for her. Uh, what do you think, Christina? I mean, I really, I really think it, I really appreciate the fact that Logan's taking the time to actually like take her to Planned Parenthood. That's like I mean, a really amen. great older sister thing to do. And you're trying to emotionally check in with her, but yeah. she's also at an age where she 
needs to define herself and she needs to define like her sexual like what she wants sexually and she needs to figure that out um it sounds like she's in a really tough place um, both because she has older parents and because um, the school the thing was the, the, the thing, thing that really stood sad. out to me is that like yeah. sometimes I think, you know, if it's if, you know, is that oh, is that all all 17 year olds uh, might be doing the same thing she's doing. Yeah. But that really bothered me when they said people at school um, make fun of yeah, her. Like that was the part that kind of. Stood but out also, to me. I mean, it does speak to maybe how out of control it will be. You can be intimate with multiple people and not have it be school wide news. Um, and I feel that that's probably perhaps a sign that she's either intimating these details to people that are not good friends or maybe choosing partners that are using her for that reason only and then repeating it like as if she's the town doorknob or something. Yeah, and it also might speak to a larger psychological issues that she's doing this to get 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 something that she's not getting at home or from anyone else. Um, So maybe just encourage her to talk to a counselor or something like that at school. It also can be a sign of like an earlier in life trauma too. Um, So I really would, I definitely would tell her to talk to someone. However, I will say that when some, I have people in my family like cousins and stuff who are different in their sexual activity than me. And it's really gross for me and difficult for me to understand. Like, uh, I had someone, I had one of my younger cousins tell me she was much like just expressed that she was much more sexually active than I was when I was her age. And also than I would have thought for my little cousin, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it wasn't anything out of control. It just was like, oh my God, I had no idea you were this sexual being. And it can also just be very strange to think about someone who you grew up with having, being younger than you, being a sexual being, period. It, it yeah. makes, it puts yeah. a weird stank on the whole situation. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think you're aware of that. Um, and I think it's awesome that you can even separate it enough that you want to discover the mental health aspect of it. But um, just remember that, there's a chance that there are probably other kids in her school and all over this yeah. and pe- people listening to this podcast who are like that in high school, who are like that in high school. And that's just how they express themselves sexually. And it's a part of their personality. Yeah. And they weren't, they didn't grow up reserved or ashamed of their bodies in the way, you know, or whatever it may be. Yeah. You know? So she's from a small town, small mountain town in Southwest Virginia. Yeah. Um, that might play a factor to it too. I think the next time you see her in person, really try to sit down and parse out what's going with going yeah. on with her. I think doing that on the phone can kind of just be like, it's easy for people to be like, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, the fact that she is actually there and concerned and caring is such a positive step. Yeah. That a lot of people don't have that. And like, yeah. you kind of, could potentially get. So yeah, really try to have a heart to heart with her next time you see her and let her know that like you're a safe you're a safe space. You're you're safe to like, you know, you're not going to judge her for whatever she says or whatever she's done. Um and if she's still not opening up to you, then just tell her that you think she should talk to someone. Um even if it isn't you. Um you're the shit girlfriend. Let's take our next call. Hey Malls, this is Maria. Um I was corresponding with you on Snapchat about Lyme disease and how I'm just I just want to, like, set the record straight. Okay, so everybody who criticizes Yolanda Foss probably doesn't have Lyme disease because it really does, like, completely affect your life. You can be sick one day and feel better the next day. It's really just a very confusing disease that I've lived with for seven years, and I only got diagnosed two years ago, so it's been a really big struggle in figuring out what's wrong with me. Um... Like, I'm not really sure what else to say. I guess that 
It's just something that needs to be talked about. Sorry if this wasn't a very good call. I was really nervous calling in. Um, have a good day. Bye. Hey, uh, fucking team YOLO Foster, girl. Thank you so much. I loved when you reached out to me on Snapchat and I asked you to call in because I think that we're all uh, speculating a lot about a disease that people don't know a lot about and that in popular culture, the people who have it have always been painted as crazy. Uh, I really think that Irene from Real World got a raw deal. I remember watching her audition tape and thinking this girl is going to be the shit in this house. Real World Seattle, yeah. 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 I, uh, no, it's, it, you know, unfortunately you're getting this backlash from a really poor, poorly done season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills where they had to focus on this, which to me is a completely non-issue. I'm like, she has Lyme's disease. Let's get over it. Right. More, like, I'm more worried about David Foster playing the piano at all hours of the night yeah. for groups of people. This is such a weak storyline there is zero to hang a hat on here move on because it is a real disease and obviously people have it and shut the fuck up if you don't obviously you know this this munchausen crap like get over it like i mean this it just such a non i think that it's so obviously the you know lisa vanderpump i think that rena really outed vanderpump in a huge way at the reunion i totally believe lisa as a person who is like addicted to the truth i saw what lisa was doing and that was like a moment of coming clean for her that was like her shower that was spiritually removing the dirt of having her silkwood shower this disgusting of- like this disgusting thing. No, I think Lisa Vanderpump looks at someone like Yolanda. She doesn't like Yolanda because she is all up in uh, Mohammed's ass. Yeah. She um, needs someone to blame. Yolanda is very, very rich, very untouchable in that sense, or at least appears as though. Uh, apparently, they've had financial troubles. Yolanda is the only one that still gives Kim or Brandy the time of day. That unsoothes Vanderpump in a real way. So yeah, she went yeah, yeah, after totally. YOLO. Yeah. And uh, my issue my issue with this, and uh, I, I, I just think that it's very obvious what happened there and people who are even questioning what's going on with Yolanda are not getting it. This is the mother of two American angels, Gigi and Bella Hadid. And like she is, what she has given us is like literally more than most people's fucking contribution. Pandora Vanderpump is a hammerhead shark. Sorry. <laughs> like I'm just saying it. She is a hammerhead shark. And uh, I Wait, don't even- the value of these people is how good looking they are no but um Gigi and Bella are more than just good looking people they are both charitable all Gigi wanted for her birthday was gift cards to give to homeless people Gigi's amazing Bella is I think a very spiritual person Pandora's uh delusional she always has been remember when she was pimping out that 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 those those products remember when this is my when I decided I hated Pandora Vanderpump. <laughs> That's a very strong when one. they no I and I I am vocal about hating There's a lot of pain hating on- Pandora. I just don't like her, and this is why the moment was when they were wedding dress shopping and Pandora's popping out of the fucking pop dressing room. Yeah. She goes, "Mommy, don't cry," and Lisa's like, "I'm not," and like it just <laughs> was like she was. It was so self-aggrandizing and so <laughs> disgusting, and it's like. Pandora, you're so delusional. Like, not even your own mom wants to cry about your wedding dress. Like, get up, like, just, just go away. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not into her story. Yeah. So no. anyway. Which, yeah, no, no, but uh, no. Lyme's disease. I actually feel the, the storyline actually uh, highlighted Lyme's disease to me, uh, to me in a fact where she was. I feel bad for the people that have it. Do do not have the resources that Yolanda has to actually try to search out a truth. I mean, we watched her pulling her, t- like, the teeth thing uh, yeah. and, like, I mean, just some intense procedures that I'm like, 
my God, what if I get it? I I will not, you know, I have basic health care. That like, is a deep mental illness. They're accusing her of even going so far as to like have elective surgeries to remove her breast implants to do all this. That's like, that's anyway. What I would like to do with you, caller, um, because I know that Lyme disease is a question of all the Real Housewives fans out there. And also probably just, you know, I don't, I mean, you've described what sounds like a really intense battle that a lot of people are dealing with. And again, so, I mean, it just, it's, I think that there's no way to describe what you're going through that you don't have the words. And literally when I watched Christina get the results of her personality test last night, I was like, this is how I felt when I was 16 and they diagnosed me as dyslexic. Like when you find, when you realize, Oh, this is why I'm like this. Uh, that's a really validating moment. So please advise nation. If you want to call and ask any questions, if you're up for it, caller, uh, we would love if, if callers have questions about Lyme disease or anything else. We will actually call you up and do a little thing with you. So, guys, email, call, send your questions about Lyme disease. Uh, and thank you so much for sharing your story with us. We really appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks for the snappy interaction. Also, I realized we never said what my personality thing was. It was an INTJ. You're an INTJ. Yes. I am a god. With a strong T at the end of it. I'm, I have a strong T. For turbulent what, is that what the T is? Too? No, it's INTJ, and then there was a little dash for the other. That's T. what I had. I had a dash T too. What is so the- that's turbulent? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I had I had the dash T too. So I am, I am INFP dash T, uh, as well as Mary Kate Olson, John Mayer, and William Shakespeare. All the greats. <laughs> all the greats. Bjork. Fiona Apple, Hello. Chloe Sevigny. Oh. I mean, aren't we all the same? <laughs> Hello, I'm Chloe Sevigny. <laughs> um, yeah. Do we want to do a quick friends with vitamins? Yes. Yes. Okay. So Ryan, you're an actor like me. No, um, you're an actor. I am uh, Irish, so I'm constantly dry. Skin is very important, as is moisture in the skin. So hyaluronic acid. Okay, they have it. You can just apply it directly to your skin in a topical form, but they also have it in a pill form. And what this does is, um, hmm, H-Y-A-L-U-R-O-N-I-C acid provides the fluid matrix for joint lubrication, skin hydration, and yeah. skin repair. Hell yeah. Gotta uh, lube those joints. Same time, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and this nice. product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any diseases. Nope. So um, here, we're going to just, like, I think that Thank we just you. take two. We each take two. Yeah. And uh, I was taking this pretty religiously for a while. I got this at Whole Foods. It's by Jarrow Formulas, J-A-R-R-O-W. Yeah, did Mary from Houston get her special hookup package? Oh, not yet. Just the book. Just the, Just the book. Mary, yeah. Mary, Mary. All I do is think about this, Mary. She and did like, write into she us. She like, literally looks down on us. <laughs> Mary I don't need your advice. On us. <laughs> I don't need your help. No, she, yeah. she wrote I like in. you guys. You're crazy. Anyway. <laughs> no, she wrote in. She wrote, wrote in wrote really, really nice things. So I love I'm her. I'm really excited to send her just the book. Perfect, Mary. All right. My you guys, feel great. that was episode 92 of Please Advise. Ryan Bailey, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This was really a treat. Do you want to tell people what you added to the Please Advise Hall of Fame? Oh, yeah. I um, I added two things, actually. I have a, um, in my Twitter uh, profile pic, it's me with these Hulk hands. And these Hulk hands have been with me for like, 
I got to say like 15 years now and I used to get drunk at parties and bring them out and just Hulk smash things. Uh, it was a fun little thing I did. Uh, but I brought one of those and I brought uh, an unopened pack of, I'm really into pop culture stuff, an unopened pack I got from Japan of Beverly Hills 90210 trading cards. <gasps> Oh with my the, gosh, the yen, uh, the yen little sticker on it. So I brought those two. Will things. you sign? They're, will you sign yeah, the whole yeah. cam for yeah. us? Okay, thank you so much, um, uh, Ryan. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, and- Twitter at Ryan Bailey twenty five, Snapchat at Ryan Bailey twenty five, Instagram at Ryan Bailey twenty five. And Ryan's a good follow, especially all you people out there. We did get a comment from someone saying that they don't like going straight guys come on the show, but I think that we proved you a little bit wrong with Ryan. Uh, he's a good follow. So scared for the comments. He talks all about people. Uh, people are really nice usually. Um, yeah, but Ryan's a good follow, especially if you just want some Bravo commentary on your life. Yeah, you I do a lot place. of uh, Bravo Snapchat stuff. Hollywood stuff, too. Do you have anything that people should go look for if they want to find out more about you besides your Twitter? Uh, you can go to RyanKylerBailey.com or you, if you want, just just interact with me. My RyanBailey25 at gmail.com. I'll tell you anything that you need to know. That's awesome. All right, well, you guys, I'm Malls. Christina Lopez is our producer. Thank you so much for being here. Quick shout also to Heather Peterson for who did our logo. She's also working on our upcoming site and she makes our cute little quotes for us that sometimes we post on our thing that's huge when that she does that for us. We love Heather. She does Thank that you, completely from the goodness of her heart. Yeah. Um, by the way, do you want to know what's so weird? So the Please Advise colors are kind of like the same colors as Hello Giggles. And then yesterday I went to Target or I went to Petco and I bought bowls, new bowls for Wags and Helen. What colors did I get? Red and teal. Like, wait, it's just a part of me. Like, those yeah. are, if I were to get my Heather aura, came up with those colors on her own. So, I know. Yeah. If I were to get my aura photographed, I really think it would be teal and red. Yeah. I'm So anyway, <laughs> you guys, thanks so much for listening to episode 92 of Please Advise. We have amazing, amazing guests coming up this summer. Uh, we have Rachel Bloom from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. <laughs> yes. I'm so on. excited. Oh, awesome. You guys, we have a Pulitzer Reisner and a Golden Globe winner on our show. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, and also like, why is Nature Box not sponsoring us yet? What is going on? Guys, what Loot Crate, uh, the Zoe stuff, let's get it. Yes, and by the way, you guys, if Glossier. you want to advertise on Please Advise, you should just email us, pleaseadvisepodcast at gmail.com and put in the subject line, advertisement or something like that. If you, that's, uh, We've had some PR people reach out to us. That's the best way, and we love it. If you guys come directly to us, that's the best way for everyone involved. Come directly to us. All right, you guys, 323-450-7408. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.